Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As Vicar said at the start of the service, we know that Thanksgiving is coming up in just a couple of weeks, and so we wanted to focus a sermon series on what it means to live thankful lives. You may have heard this term before, we didn't make it up, but the idea of thanks living is taking the grace that God pours into our hearts and then putting it into practice in our lives of gratitude. All right, I have a question for you this morning. It's okay to admit it because I will be raising my hand with the rest of you. How many of you growing up remember having a security blanket? Go ahead, raise your hand if you had a security blanket. All right, about 60%, 60 or so percent. All right. How many of you sucked your thumb or fingers or something along with that? Go ahead. Okay, that was me too. Yep, I did that. Yeah. Security blankets. Yeah, I used to look forward to going to bed just so I could have my blanket. Right? That's why I love Linus from Peanuts Gang because he carried his blanket everywhere. I kind of envied him for that, just to have that security blanket wherever you go, right? As something that makes you feel calm and comfortable. That's what a security blanket does. And then I thought to myself, nothing's really changed, has it? Maybe we don't carry around a blanket like Linus, but don't we have our own security blankets as grown-ups too? Maybe they come in the form of our bank account, or our jobs, or our relationships, or our houses, our cars, our cell phones, right? There's so many things in this world that we grab onto hoping for some comfort, Something that will give us security and peace. That's why I love these words that we're going to look at today from the writer to the Hebrews. We'll look at verses 5 and 6 of Hebrews 13 and there the writer is going to remind us that we have the greatest security blanket of all. And that, of course, is found in our God. What the writer to the Hebrews reminds us today is that God is in control. And as we dig into that truth today, there's two things the writer to the Hebrews says. He says, first of all, that that same God who's in control of all things, he's always with us. And then secondly, that he's the God that provides us with confidence and peace. Take a look with me at Hebrews 13 verse 5. Keep your lives from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Hebrews chapter 13 is the final chapter in the letter that the author wrote to the Hebrews. And in it, he is wrapping up, I suppose you could say, what he has covered in the entire letter. If you would read through the whole letter, you probably could summarize it in just two words. Hold on. That's what the writer to the Hebrews is telling the people who are reading his letter. Hold on. Don't abandon your faith. Yes, you're going through trials. You're going through difficulties. But hold on because it's all worth it. And in chapter 13, in his concluding chapter, what he does is give some practical suggestions, not just for the Hebrews, but for us today as well, and how to live thinking in those terms of holding on to our faith. Verse 5 starts with this idea of contentment. And if we're honest with ourselves, we know discontent more than we would care to admit. We look around at what other people have. We look around at things that we think are missing in our own lives and yeah, the, the pull of materialism is something that affects each one of us. We know the Apostle Paul's words, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. You see, all of those things that I listed that we talk about as security blankets, none of them are wrong in and of themselves, are they? 
But what happens when they're everything to us? What happens when we're looking to them as our source of comfort and strength? That's when contentment is almost impossible because we're always looking for that next thing that's going to come to bring the peace that only God brings. It was the Greek philosopher Socrates who who said this, "A, a person who isn't happy, who isn't content with what they have, will never be content with what they think they need. Pretty smart, wasn't he? He's exactly right. The more that I think that I need, the less content I'm going to be. And we know that discontent, those are the things that make us unhappy in this world, right? When I'm always thinking, what's the next thing that I need to make my life complete? Not sure that the founding fathers were thinking of this when they wrote the Declaration of Independence, but I find it interesting that they wrote these words as the inalienable rights that we have. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Because that's exactly what it is, a pursuit. It's a pursuit that proves to be elusive because we're never going to get everything that our sinful hearts desire. I wonder sometimes if if we equate contentment and happiness, and, and there's some truth that those two things go hand in hand, but the writer to the Hebrews would have us say, even if I don't feel happy, even if not everything is right in my world, I can still be content. Why? Because you have been convinced of this truth, that God is God. And you know what God has done, that he loves you, that he's claimed you as his very own, that he promises to be with you always. Do you find that interesting, that that's the two thoughts that the writer to the Hebrews connects? Be content with what you have, Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. That's God's promise, not just for the Hebrews, but but for you and for me too. Those words were originally spoken by God to Joshua back in Deuteronomy chapter 31. You might remember some of the things that were going on in Joshua's life at that time. He was about to take over for Moses. The man who had led the people of Israel out of Egypt, who had led them for 40 years, was now no longer going to be the leader and Joshua had some big sandals to fill. I wonder how many times Joshua, as he worried about what was next for the people of Israel, came back to those words, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. You see, because in those words, Joshua could say, with God's strength, this can be done. With God on our side, There's nothing that can stand against us. That's what God wants you to know too, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that he is in control of all things. And no matter what you're facing in your life, no matter what troubles come up, God will not abandon you or me. He is with us always. It's been put to the test a little bit, hasn't it? When we look around our world, when we consider the things that have happened in our lives, sometimes it's it's easy to wonder Is God in control? Does he really know what's happening in our world right now? Does he really know all the bad things that are going on? And God says to us, I do. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. He's always present. He's always with us. He's always using things for our good, as Vicar read before in Romans chapter 8. God is our eternal resource of good. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. 
There is nothing that can stand in the way of God's purpose and what he wants to accomplish in your life. Finally, don't we have to ask ourselves this question? What else do we need? If God is in control and God is with us, what else is there? What else is important? Permit me to use a little illustration from the sports world today. I need three volunteers. Well, actually, I only need one volunteer because I'm going to pick on my nephews who are here today. Owen and Harrison are here today. Thanks for coming, you guys. They're pretty good basketball players, eighth and sixth grade, right? Pretty decent basketball players. So I'm going to take them on my team. And let's see, we just need one more volunteer. Jack, would you be willing to come? Jack said he's going to come with us. All right, so we have us four. We're going to go down to the local high school and take on the varsity basketball team this weekend. What do you think our chances are? Probably not very good, right? You have me, so that's really bad right there, okay? But wait, I forgot to tell you something. I forgot to tell you who our fifth player is. Two-time MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo, is going to come play with us. Can you guys spell that, by the way? Do you know how to spell it? Maybe, okay. Doesn't that change everything? Don't you think we could take on that team and simply lob the ball to Giannis every time down the floor and we would dominate, wouldn't we? Jack would help too, probably. Think about that. If we can use a simple illustration like that from the sports world when it matters who's on your side, how much more does that make a difference when we talk about spiritual matters? Who is on our side? It's God who says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. It's God who promises that everything's going to turn out for our good. That's who's on our side. No wonder the writer to the Hebrews can say this in verse 6. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? It's not just contentment that God gives us as he's present with us. It's confidence to live our lives every day in this world. The writer to the Hebrews uses a Greek word meaning helper. It's boethos is the Greek word. And it has this sense behind it that it's not just someone who helps, but it's someone who knows, who knows exactly what someone needs and brings that help at the very right time, the exact perfect solution for our needs. Isn't that a great description of our God? The one who knows our needs and well provides them. He meets those needs every single day. It's God who stands by our side, that leads us through this life unafraid, all the way to heaven's shores. You see, no matter what we think is stacked against us, no matter what we think this world is going to do to destroy what God has created, we always have a majority of one. And that's our God. What can mere mortals do to us? It's a quote from Psalm 118 that the writer to the Hebrew uses. And I suppose he's thinking of Romans chapter 8 as well, or we can think of Romans chapter 8, that Vicar read earlier where Paul simply says, if God is for us, who can be against us? You see, that's really what is our source for thanks living. It's the confidence that God gives us to know that we stand before him perfected and that we have him at our side through everything that we face in this life. So think about it. What, What kind of fears did you come into chapel with this morning? Fears about a relationship? Fears about school? Sorry to remind the students, but finals are about a month away. Maybe it's fears about how much Thanksgiving is going to cost this year. Fears about your job status? 
You see, the devil's good, isn't he? He's so good at driving us to that fear and that sinful side of us just wants to be afraid, wonder whether God really can be trusted. That's Satan's way, isn't it? He wants to drive us as far away from God as he can get us and he uses fear to do it. That's why God wants you to hear these words and to say them with confidence. The Lord is my helper. What do I need to be afraid of? Or as Vicar read early in Romans chapter 8, this is what God did to prove his love for you. He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Think about that. That's how deeply God loved you. And he sent Jesus to the cross where Jesus' blood stained the wood of that cross as he suffered and died for your sins. And then Jesus guaranteed that those sins are washed away forever when on Sunday morning he left his tomb. He evacuated his burial site. That's your guarantee that God loves you and that he forgives you. And then the writer, the Apostle Paul simply says this, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? It's Jesus. That's who assures you of God's love. That's who assures you that all of the things the writer to the Hebrews is speaking of will be true because God is faithful to those promises. And that's what brings our hearts peace. Peace with God now and forever. Listen to how Isaiah said it in chapter 32, verse 17. The fruit of that righteousness will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. Isn't that a beautiful description of what God gives us? The righteousness that we have through Christ brings peace that leads us to be confident and quiet. Some takeaways from our sermon today. Number one, we live contented lives because God is always with us. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Number two, we live confident lives because God is our ever-present help. Yes, God promises that nothing can stand against us. Of whom shall I be afraid? Finally, number three, we live peaceful lives because Jesus has secured our eternal home. That's our lives of thanksgiving. Because we know that God walks with us every single step and best of all, he has a place waiting for us with him in heaven. Doesn't that make all the difference? To have that kind of confidence of what God has done for us? To have confidence in the fact that it's all in our God's hands and there's nothing that can stand against him? What can mere mortals do to us? Yet nothing can thwart God's purpose to get you to heaven. That's something to count on every single day. I want you to try this this week. The next time that that fear comes into your heart or fear comes into your head of something that's going on in this world, just say that to yourself. Just say, the Lord is my helper. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my helper. If God is for us, who can be against us? Repeat those phrases and remind yourself that you have everything in your Savior Jesus. You know what? Let's practice right now. The writer to the Hebrews says, so we say with confidence. Can I hear you say it with confidence? You can read it right off the screen if you can see it. We're going to say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear, okay? With confidence. Ready? Say it with me. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.